2: Good looking out on the talking off the ledge. Y'all made great points. Secondly, addressing the uh, Fist Magic, wishing speedy recovery. Yeah, I noticed uh, the chanting of Heineke while he was on the ground. Do not approve of that. That's not good. Would not wish that on nobody. Uh, I like Heineke. You know, I think we can have some minimum success with him, but overall, we can have more success with uh, Fist Magic. Whoever's trying there, of course, I'm rooting for. Uh, love the analysis, game breakdown, y'all doing y'all thing. I like this uh, incorporating the voicemails into the whole thing. You know, it allows you to get voicemails out in a better time frame. So y'all keep it up. I'll hit y'all up another time. You know, start prepping for these Giants. Get that W. I'll at y'all. Right?
3: You are locked on Washington Every day.
0: You are locked on the Washington Football team with the Locked On Washington Football Team Podcast. I am David Harrison, Washington Football Team Rider SI.com Stan. He is Chris Russell, one half of the Russell and members show on the Team 980, Monday through Friday from 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Find that show and this show both on the Odyssey app on Twitter. Chris is at RussellMania621. I am at D Harrison82. The show is at Locked WFT Pod. On today's show, we're going to get into some news, some updates. We are going to dive deeper into what we expect from quarterback Taylor Heineke. Now that we know without a shadow of a doubt that he is the starting quarterback for your Washington football team moving forward for at least the next few uh, few weeks to a handful of weeks. And then we're going to wrap up this episode with our first official look at the New York Giants as we get into some expectations and some thoughts about this week's game coming up on Thursday. tomorrow. On Thursday, you're going to hear from myself and Patricia a host of the Locked On Giants podcast, as we drop our Crossover Thursday episode just in time for week two. Washington football team hosting the New York Giants, and we're doing so free and available on all platforms. Guys, the Locked On NFL Draft podcast has been dormant for a little while, but it relaunches September 20th with brand new host Eric Crocker bringing the player scouting angle, Ryan Tracy bringing the analytics Follow the Locked On NFL Draft podcast on YouTube, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get podcasts. Chris, let's start off today's show with news. We got roster moves, and we've got injury reports coming from both sides of this week two matchup.
1: Yeah, and Ryan Fitzpatrick officially goes on IR. For whatever reason, they waited until Tuesday afternoon to do it. Uh, so, of course, when Ron Rivera came into the press conference room, They had to say, well, Ryan Fitzpatrick did not practice, (laughs) and that was the only DNP of the day. Now, listen, everybody should know the short week in the NFL, Sunday to Thursday, David, is – you know, basically a glorified walkthrough every day. I mean, they're not really practicing hard. I mean, I was out at the beginning of practice, you know, and they were going through their normal individuals and unit drills and all that. We don't get to see the rest of practice anymore, but it's mostly, I I mean, most practices are like this. Anyway, it's mostly scout teamwork. They're basically combining Thursday and Friday's practice in a normal week on today. Um, So it's really kind of a hybrid situation uh, that they're going through. I I mean, that's the best way I could describe it. It's not a normal practice week. You're certainly not in pads. You're certainly not at the same level of intensity or volume. It's really about mental preparation and getting your body right for Thursday night uh, when they host the New York giants. And what essentially works out to be a a, kind of a must-win game for Washington Less of a must-win game for New York, but you certainly don't want to go 0-2 and therefore 0-2 at home. The good news from Tuesday's practice was Antonio Gibson, who was limited on Monday. He was a full go on Tuesday. He worked, uh, you know, he was stretching right in front of me with J.D. McKissick with the resistance bands, and he looked fine. Uh, So I thought that was a pretty good sign. I did not know if he would be full go or, again, limited, but he ultimately was full go uh, with the shoulder. And he had come back, obviously, the other day, so that was good. Uh, for Washington to begin with.
0: Absolutely. I mean, good. You you want to see Antonio Gibson a full participant. I mean, even honestly, even if he was a limited participant, you can almost say, look, he's, he's an incredibly important part of our offense. It's a short week turnaround. He was very effective uh, against the Los Angeles Chargers, especially in some key moments. Yes, he had that fumble, but I mean, that's, you're, you're not going to kill a guy like Antonio Gibson for right. just one fumble, even though it was a pretty big fumble. Again, it's week one. So you, you really could have. Well, it
1: was a it was a physical workload for yeah, Antonio absolutely. on Sunday, yeah. right? I mean, I mean, yeah. You know, at one point, what what did he, I mean, at one point at the end of the first quarter, he had eight touches on the first 11 offensive plays, right. you know, and they didn't run a ton of plays. No. But I mean, he no. ran hard. Uh, I think the final numbers were uh, like 23 or 24 carries for like 90 something. I mean, you know, there were there were some thumps, and even a no. fumble. I mean, he kind of awkwardly landed and all that t- You know, so, like, the one thing you worry about, though, right? Think about it. Um, Now, they'll have, like, a kind of, quote, mini buy after this, David. But, I mean, if he takes another pounding, and you would think the game plan is going to be for him to be active again, you know, because you're trying to limit how much you have to drop Taylor Heineke back. We're going to get into Taylor, obviously, later in the show. You know, you'd think it's going to be a pretty physical workload and going against, you know, some of those Giants interior defensive line, uh, linemen, I should say, that's going to be tough, you know, on him. I hope he can make it through because, boy, uh, you know, they're falling like flies. No Ryan Fitzpatrick, yeah. no Curtis Samuel, and that's – we're only through week one.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, running backs take a punishment pretty much every time they touch the ball. So, I mean, every time they have a heavy workload like that. And, and you know, I, I, I agree with you. I think Antonio Gibson's going to get – uh, a lot of work on Thursday night, but hopefully so is Terry McLaurin. So is Logan Thomas. And if they're getting, you know, involved in the offense early on, then it's going to relieve a little bit at least of that workload uh, with Antonio. And honestly, if I'm the running backs coach, I might be telling Antonio, like, look, dude, every time you're near the sideline, just, just, just duck out. Like, don't, you know, don't duck out too early. Right. But instead of taking like a big hit from two linebackers chasing you down the sideline, maybe just take that step out and, and live to fight another down. Uh, Cause we need to keep you fresh for the entire season. Uh, if we can. But uh, the New York Giants also dealing with some injury issues uh, ahead of Thursday night's game. And again, some of this is going to be for precaution. Some of this might actually be serious, uh, not participating in practice on Tuesday. Linebacker Cam Brown, tight end Evan Ingram and guard Shane Lemieux, which the guard there is a little bit more important, I think, than some of these other players just because uh, the New York Giants apparently like to use a rotation of offensive linemen, which is a little bit interesting to me, not necessarily something I'm used to seeing during my years of covering football, but hey, everybody's got their own style. Uh, and then a limited participant running back, Saquon Barkley, who had a very low workload uh, in week one for the New York Giants and and uh, just a little bit of a preview for what's coming on Crossover Thursday. He might also get a limited workload uh, this Thursday against the Washington football team as he continues to get eased in uh, from that ACL injury that he's recovering from. Chris, before we take our first break, let's real quick. Uh, we've talked a lot of offense. We're going to talk a lot of offense, so I did want to share what Ron said a little bit about the defensive line and the safeties, defensive backs, from the Washington football team stemming from week one.
2: To the D-line, the rushing in the
1: same lanes and sort of some of these simple errors, why do you think that is, especially with the group that's been here last year and is supposed to be one of your best units, why do you think in week one they sort of forgot some of their fundamental things?
4: I think they were anxious. They wanted to make plays, more so than anything else. And you watch the way they played, it's not like they got knocked out of it. It's not like they immediately jumped out of it. It's just they saw something tried to make something happen, and, and, and part of it is the discipline of what we are. You know, and, and that was something that we explained to them. and just tried to get them to understand that, hey, you know, the, the play doesn't care who makes it. You get an opportunity to make a play, make it, but don't try and create it because if you do, that's what's going to happen. You're going to make mistakes, and that's 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 eventually what happened to us. And, and it wasn't just at that position; it was several of our positions.
3: Hey, Ron, what do you like about the usage of McCain, Curl, and Lena Collins? Like, what did you see as like some of the highlights from the usage of the three of them? And what are some of the things that you feel like you guys can kind of get out of that trio in particular?
4: Well, I, I like the way they all work together, and they all understand the game. I mean, being able to roll guys in and, and, and keep guys as fresh as possible really is, can benefit you. Um, you know, I think when you watch when when Cam comes in because of Cam's versatility, you can watch him. He can play strong or free, uh, and he has some ability to come down in as the nickel. He can run with with a lot of the wide receivers. He can play on the tight ends. Um, you know, he has that kind of edge to him. Um, when you when you watch McCain, you, you think Bobby's got a very good eye for the ball and communicates very well. And then with Landon, you've got a very physical guy that that some of the best things he does is down in the box. So you know you have an opportunity to use all three guys and use their talents. All
1: right, just reacting real quick to that. I mean, what he's talking about there is like a big nickel package. I mean, I think you're going to see plenty of that obviously this year. And uh, real quickly about hesitancy, right? Sometimes you know he talked about Jamin Davis. I think a little bit later on in the press conference, Jamin Davis is thinking more than he's responding and playing. And that happens sometimes. Obviously it happens to rookies. I think as the season goes along, David, they'll be much better off and you will see a different defense in the second half of the season or four or five weeks into the season. Um, then you will certainly in week one, week two. The problem is, is right now they need the defense to be dominant, quite honestly, to carry them through.
0: And, uh, you know, listen, we're going to hear from a caller, and we've heard from other Washington fans who kind of say the same thing, that even given like the 74% third down conversion rate and everything else, I mean, they still only gave up 20 points in this game. You give up 20 points, you should be in the fight. And and honestly, Washington was in the fight as well. Uh, But it's, I mean, yeah, the defense is going to continue to get better, hopefully play defense, because, Uh, or play within the scheme because Jack Del Rio can't really adjust the scheme if people aren't already doing what he's asking them to do. Kind of hard to know where to change things if you're not listening to what the coach is telling you to do already. So we'll see uh, how that goes on Thursday night. But it's already been a wild week one. Football is all the way back. If you had money on the Las Vegas Raiders on Monday night, you're a very happy person right about now. And hopefully you made some money with our friends over at betonline.ag, the number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season with a new updated site and interface even more odds props and contests that online.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football head over to the website now sign up today and get a 100 welcome bonus you heard that right you double your initial deposit just for signing up using the promo code locked on from football basketball boxing right down to your favorite vegas casino games don't wait take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online, your online sports book experts.
2: Hi, this is uh, Todd, Utah. Just wanted to give you guys a call. I, for one, find some positives from this game. Uh, In all reality, we were never truly out of the game. Yes, it was rough. Yes, it uh, wasn't real smooth. Uh, But in all reality, the defense held well enough to keep it within range. Uh, When it's all said and done, they only scored 20 points. In most situations, that's enough to win a game. Obviously, we need to dial in our offense and, and get that going. As far as Taylor Heineke goes, let's say that Fitzpatrick is out for eight weeks. If he can go 4-4, and I think that's a win for us. Uh, Because in all reality, Taylor Heineke has a lot of highlight moments that are pretty darn cool. I don't know if he has what it takes to run a full game when teams begin to really, truly game plan for him. So we'll see what happens with that. Don't get me wrong, I want him to succeed. I want him to do really well. It would be fantastic if he had that Cinderella... Opportunity and in uh, and that moment where he uh, really shines, and you realize all he needed was the right situation. And if we could just get that offense rolling a little bit, I think we're going to be fine. Thanks.
1: All right. Once again, that's Tom in Utah. Tom, thanks for the voicemail as well. Came on earlier. Um, you know, David, I, I I think the overall point from Tom's call, and I've heard this from Todd to other callers on the radio show, and uh, you know, people on Twitter is. And Ron kind of mentioned this quite honestly is hey you only allow 20 points to the Chargers offense that's pretty damn good. The problem is is they got worked. Yeah. In terms of yardage they got worked on third down as we know and that just cannot happen. You cannot allow you cannot tempt fate every game that you're going to get two red zone turnovers and even one of those red zone turnovers quite honestly shouldn't have counted. So we have to balance yeah. everything, yeah. right? Tom's right. It wasn't all bad. But 20 points might be a little bit misleading, yeah. I guess, is the way I'm kind of looking at it.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's where that's where stat scouting comes in. You know what I mean? Stat scouting is, is dangerous, you know, without context. I know these guys know the context of the game. And I get the point of, you know, we only gave up 20 points. or the defense only gave up 20 points. So that's kind of a silver lining. And I get looking for that silver lining. But like you said, I mean, that a Justin Herbert fumble, for one, was not a fumble. Um, and two, you know, again, if, if your defense gives up even 50%, 45% third down conversions, Well, then the Chargers, in theory, if everything else kind of sticks the same way, and again, you talk about alternate dimensions and everything else, but in theory, you you should have been able to hold the Chargers then, you know, in in, in that theory. It's like 13 points, in which case you win this game, Uh, and it's a lot easier to talk about some of these improvements that need to be made when you're 1-0 talking about getting better than when you're 0-1 talking about getting better. no
1: doubt about it. All right, so it's time to get into our Taylor Heinecke conversation and what the expectation is moving forward. You just heard Tom in Utah say, hey, look, if they can be, you know, 500, uh, you know, I guess it's, it, you know, four and four, or, or however you want to kind of look at it, three and three, depending on when Ryan Fitzpatrick could possibly come back. Listen, David, I, I, if they're four and four, three and three, five and five, whatever it is and whatever the time frame is, I think you take that, you run with it, as long as Heineke. And this is part of the argument, or part of the conversation. As long as Heineke is still standing, right? I mean, there's how he's going to play, and then there's is he going to be able to play, right? And and you could say that for any quarterback but especially for a guy with his injury history. Now we just saw the starting quarterback who had no injury history go down in the second quarter early. And so it happens. We're not saying that it won't happen. We're not saying it will happen. It's just hard to believe until you see it, that he's going to be able to play seven or eight games. And then if he's going to be able to play that, is he going to be able to play it at an above seawater level and above average level? My guess I don't know about you. My guess is this is going to be a lot harder for Taylor Heineke than fans are probably expecting it to, especially now that teams are going to be able to hone in and it might not happen this Thursday against the giants, But I can probably be willing to bet the Buffalo Bills are going to have a real good handle on what Taylor Heineke can do and not do in Buffalo in week three.
0: Yeah, I mean, a lot of anticipation, excitement coming ahead for what Taylor Heineke is going to bring to the field. And of course, uh, you know, in Tuesday's press conferences or press conference after practice, Ron Rivera has asked several questions about it. I broke down three questions uh, that Ron was asked about Taylor to share with our audience here, and then we'll get into a little bit more of our conversation of just what we expect out of week two, Taylor Heineke, for right now.
2: Um, um, When we talked to Scott about the the game plan and Ryan Fitzpatrick
0: input because of the fact he's a veteran who's been around, he he listens to him to a degree and says, you know, here's what works for me, here's what doesn't. What about for a guy like Taylor who doesn't have a ton of experience? How much input does does he have in terms of whether it's plays or personnel on the field or
4: things like that? I think Scott's going to listen to them. I think what will happen is, you know, what, what most coaches do after each day, they they go over the tape, they talk about what worked and what didn't work, what looked good and what didn't look good. And a lot of times one of the things that you always ask about, too, when you're putting game plans together, at least I know that's what I did, and I believe Scott does that because I know it was, I know Norv did that, is he always asks the quarterback, what do you feel best? For? You know, I used to ask the defensive players, what do you guys like best? What do you feel like best? What do you communicate best? What do you do best? So you're going to get that. I mean, that's nothing new. It just you know most quarterbacks and 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 coordinators work very well together in terms of, of what they're going to do.
0: Not for Taylor specific, but with a guy like Ryan who has been around, you probably have a feel that okay, he kind of knows what he's talking about. And Taylor has been a quarterback, but not necessarily at the NFL level a ton. when they, when you get when you have a younger quarterback or an inexperienced quarterback, when do you kind of know that okay, I can kind of trust their instinct here that they kind of do have a good feel for
2: what they do and what works for this team.
4: I think it's just from what you've seen. I mean, we've seen Taylor do it, you know, in three different situations. You know, um, last year, Carolina, and then what he did uh, the other day was pretty impressive as well. So I think you're going to trust him enough to know what he likes and doesn't like. Um, I think you're going to trust him to know what he thinks he can do well. Uh, I, I think that's where he is. I think that's where we are with him. And and, and I'll say this too, you know, when, when, when you have a young quarterback, one of the things that you do tend to do is, based on what you've seen, is you, you, will, you will tend to call what you think he does best more so than anything else. And, and I think that's one of the things that um, you know, I appreciate about Scott because what Scotty does really is he games plan and then he, he does things that are, are best suited to the people he has on the field. Um, with Taylor, what do you think he learned maybe from Ryan Fitzpatrick who's been with him for a few months that maybe can help him going forward? Well, I think some of the things that, you know, you watch and you watch how Ryan throws the ball, where he throws the ball to the receivers. I think that's one of the things that, you know, you can really appreciate because because very seldom do you ever see Ryan lead a receiver into something bad, you know, especially in practice. You know, he understood where to throw the ball, where the ball needed to be thrown. And I think that's something that all young quarterbacks learn from when they watch the veteran guys.
1: All right. That's head coach Ron Rivera. Um, meeting with the media on Tuesday at the Inova Sports Performance Center. Real quickly, a takeaway for me, Um, you know, everybody's kind of concerned about how Taylor Heineke is going to play and how they're going to look and how much input he's going to have. But you heard Ron say it. He's got to learn how to protect himself better while still making his mobility special because Without a super rocket for an arm, David, he's got to have the mobility yeah. that he does have and the improvisational skills that he does have. But he's got to protect himself or he's not going to last.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's you know something that got, you know, a, it, it gets a lot of mobile quarterbacks in trouble. We've seen it over the years in the National Football League. My biggest thing is, like Ron said, you know, learn from Ryan Fitzpatrick about how to not lead your receivers into dangerous situations. That's one thing I'm going to really be looking for because you go and get a guy like Terry McLaurin's head taken off and the rest of your receiving group is just automatically going to start questioning whether or not you're putting them in good situations. So for Taylor, you know, it's not just about Taylor throwing the ball well, uh, reading the defense either. It's it's how, you know, do you throw the ball inside when he's got a defender over the top? Do you throw it low when he's got a defender coming down, you know, a safety coming down from single high cover, stuff like that, like setting your receivers up so they're not getting injured while trying to make plays with you and for you and for your team and you know that's going to be a big question for taylor i mean listen there's a lot of excitement in and i'm all about it but at the end of the day there's not a lot of experience with a guy like taylor heineke and he's going to be in a big moment divisional matchup trying not to go 0-2, and it's going to be in prime time so a lot of things stacking up against this young fellow hope he does well but those are definitely some key things to look for thursday night and hopefully you're going to be doing it watching television watching on a device, whatever it is, because we've got a lot of options out there in today's world. Does this sound familiar to everybody out there? You've got a device that lets you catch the game live. You've got another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package.
1: Did you guys know that Bilt Bar has 11 delicious flavors? Oh, yeah. Peanut butter brownie. You know how I feel about that. Coconut almond orange, strawberry coconut, mint brownie. That's David's favorite. Salted caramel, raspberry, double chocolate, cookies and cream, and cherry bar See, There's something for everyone. Strawberry, mint brownie peanut butter brownie. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box where you get a little bit of everything. You can do really what you want to do. If you go to built.com, they're going to help you out. They're going to make the process a lot easier. And here's the best part of a built bar. Not only are they soft, easy to chew, 100% covered in chocolate, they're a great meal replacement, great after workout treat, great late night dessert. They're high in protein, low in calories, very low in grams of sugar, and net Carbs. So if you're watching carbs, if you're watching your sugar, built bars are an awesome way to get a chocolate treat without the bad stuff. Order today, get the raspberry, the mint brownie, again, David's favorite, or the peanut butter brownie, one of my favorites. Go to built.com right now and use the promo code locked15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use the promo code again locked15 for 15% off at built.com.
0: Close out the Locked On Washington football team podcast here midweek. Week two, game day is tomorrow, and we're going to look ahead towards New York Giants here in just a moment. But I want to remind you guys, we've got crossover Thursday dropping tomorrow. Actually, Chris, I think we am going to drop it at 8 o'clock Wednesday night. Let's give the audience a full 24 hours opportunity to take in what Patricia Trainer, the host of the Locked On Giants podcast, had to tell me about the New York football Giants before they face off Thursday. Let's give our fans every opportunity to be the smartest Washington fans know their rival inside and out. And we're going to get into some of our thoughts and maybe a little bit of prediction mixed in there with the conversation. But first, Chris, I want to kick off this conversation with my biggest concern for the Washington football team headed into Thursday night football. And this is looking at WFT. I'm taking quarterback off the table. It's low hanging fruit. It's too easy. I'm taking that off the table. And I'm going to turn my attention to the middle part of the defense because the defense in general, we know we've already talked about some of the struggles. Uh, you know, coach Rivera was asked about some of the run fits and players getting out of lanes and all that stuff. And all of that is problematic, but I think at the end of the day, the Los Angeles Chargers came in looking to attack the middle part of the defense. I'm not just talking about in the passing game either. They were looking to get Austin Eckler going through the middle of the defense, trying to c- create penetration on the front four, because if you could do, if you could basically sell out to get that front four pushed out of the way, they felt like they had an advantageous matchup. At the second level of the washington football team defense and you know what it turned out that on several occasions they were right austin eckler didn't have a world beating stat line by any means but he was effective the run game was effective and it forced the washington football team to do some things they didn't want to do that opened up the passing game when you have a quarterback struggling the way that daniel jones is i look for the new york giants to do the exact same thing whether it's saquon barkley or another running back they're going to look to sell out to push the front four out of the way Allow their running backs to get to the next level and try to force Washington defense to do things that open up the passing game other or uh, elsewhere.
1: Yeah, I think that's a good point. Just remember, the last time the uh, the New York Giants were at FedEx Field, they created five turnovers yeah. uh, against this Washington offense and special teams. Also, they ran the ball all over the uh, the Washington football team, and that was without Saquon Barkley. My biggest concern, David. Uh, again, if we remove the lowest you know, common denominator. And that would be, of course, the quarterback plays the offensive line. Uh, you know, you you've got a defensive line that's coming in here, Leonard Williams, Dexter Lawrence. Uh, they've got some of the pass rushes back from last year. They've added through the draft, uh, Patrick Graham, good defensive coordinator, aggressive. I think this offensive line really, 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 really needs to step up. Yes. You have a more mobile quarterback, obviously in Taylor Heineke, than Ryan Fitzpatrick. That does not mean Taylor Haneke is not going to take shots in the pocket. That doesn't mean he's not going to take shots when flushed out. If this offensive line doesn't play better, and I'm talking specifically Brandon Sheriff, Sam Cosme, and Charles Leno, all three, I thought, struggled significantly on Sunday. And quite honestly, the offensive line has not been good throughout the preseason. And I've shared that with you based on my own observations. And I think what we all saw in games, that is a huge concern. For Thursday night against a pretty good, pretty good, not great, pretty good giant front seven here. My biggest reason for confidence, David, uh, in terms of Washington being able to get a win on Thursday night is I think they're going to know that a, they this is essentially a must-win game. It's at home, obviously. It's a division rival. a division game. Ron puts a lot of emphasis on that. They also know, hey, look, we go 0-2 at home, staring at Buffalo. There's a real good chance we're going 0-3, and we've got to play this game with our hair on fire. I don't think they played the game with their hair on fire in any way, shape, or form last Sunday. I think they know this opponent more. I think they will struggle at times, but I think this is, you know, clear there's a huge difference between Justin Herbert and Daniel Jones. I think just that alone mentally will provide them with a little boost of confidence. So I think that's my biggest reason for confidence, knowing how desperate they are and know also again, knowing the opponent a little bit better.
0: Absolutely. I mean, it, you know, division arrival, home game, prime time. If you need any more motivations, watch football team teams last year that started and two 11 of them, none of them made the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and oh, by the way, if you start at zero 2 like you mentioned earlier on the show, you're zero two on the season and zero two at home in a year where you have an extra road game. So not the way to start off a season. So definitely a lot of motivation there. Uh, my biggest reason for confidence in this Washington football team facing the New York Giants, honestly, is the lack of New York Giants defense that we saw uh, in week one, Melvin Gordon, 11 carries 101 yards. His longest run was 70 yards, right? So a lot of people say, well, we take that off. And what was it? Well, then it was 10 carries for 31 yards. You're still talking 3.1 yards per carry on average. It's not world beating, but 3.1 yards per per carry. That's a good number. Jerry Judy, their number one wide receiver. Granny got hurt. uh, Some at some point during the game, six catches, 72 yards. That's a great number. I know by the way, tight end Noah Fant, who was dealing with injuries leading into week one, six catches, For 62 yards, so literally you want to get Antonio Gibson going, you want to get Logan Thomas going, you want to get Terry McLaurin going, cut on the tape of what the Denver Broncos just did against the New York Giants defense, and you can almost copy paste it, bring it into Thursday night, and if you get your running back, your number one receiver and your tight end going, then you should walk out of FedEx field one and one with a very convincing win over a a division opponent who likes to give the football away and, again, is struggling with some of their injury concerns of their own with uh, running back and Saquon Barkley.
1: Yeah, and just one other thing I'll add, Terry Bridgewater can still move around and can still elude pressure. Saw that several times on Sunday against the Giants, and he still has enough of a hose to get it deep down the field. They should have had more points, but their their receiver dropped one right at the goal line. Uh, That would have been a surefire touchdown. It was a perfect throw from Teddy Bridgewater. All right, that's going to do it for this episode. Don't forget to check out David and Patricia Tran of the host of the Locked On Giants podcast. Again, we're going to post that er a little bit earlier than normal uh, Wednesday night around 8 o'clock Eastern time so that you guys have some time to digest that before Thursday night's 8.20 Eastern time kickoff betting on the Washington football team or the New York Giants doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new lock on bets podcast with your boy Q and handicapping expert, Lee Sterling, get daily picks, blah, specials wrong team, favorite picks and Lee's lock of the day. Follow the Locked on Bets podcast. It's brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to hop in like Tom did, like Camion did, uh, you can do uh, so on voicemail, 301-615-3577. That's 301-615-3577. Or if you're a little shy and you want to email us, that's fine too, Locked. WFT pod at gmail.com. Thanks so much for being here with us today. Again, I'm Chris Russell. Catch me and Pete Medhurst on the team 980, the Washington football team flagship station and on the odyssey app, along with David Harrison, read everything he's writing about the Washington football team at si.com slash NFL slash Washington football, part of fan nation. We appreciate you guys being with us, spending part of your day here again. Don't forget to check out the crossover edition with Patricia Trana and David uh, for locked on giants and locked. On Washington Football Team. We are free and available on all platforms. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Washington Football Team podcast.